Welcome back to the Firestarter Podcast, presented by the Star of Calgary. Ryan Dietrich, joined by Tori Peterson. We're here, ice level at the Scotiabank Saddledome, and Tori, there's a there's a buzz, a palpable buzz around the rink right now. The weather's nice, the birds are chirping, fresh cut grass, playoff hockey right around the corner, and uh, we're going to be joined by one of the playoff heroes for the Calgary Flames here today, Oscar Fantenberg, uh, Swedish defenseman for the Flames, required at the trade deadline, has fit in very nicely in 14 games so far with the group, and uh, it looks like he's going to be playing a uh, pivotal role here, at least to start the postseason, according to head coach Bill Peters, but uh, Tori, just, I guess, first off, your impressions of, of Oscar's game this year, and, and maybe more importantly, the depth on defense that the Flames have going into night one of the playoffs. Oscar is fit in like a glove here since being acquired and, and joining the team on the road at the trade deadline at that point um, there hasn't been a lot of bumps in his game he's plays a very simple effective game um, so his matchups have been really good with who he's been paired with so Rasmus Anderson is they've fit together really well it allows Rasmus to kind of move up and make those plays and jump into plays and be a little bit more offensive as he plays more of a stay-at-home kind of game a shutdown game uh, but he's been He's been uh, playing alongside quite a few members down the the stretch drive um, just due to wanting to rest up some of their top 4D. So you've got the likes of Yusuf Valimaki in the lineup, Dalton Prout, Michael Stone, Oliver Shillington. All those guys have come in in the last handful of regular season games to get their reps ahead of the playoffs and also give those guys a break. So Oscar's been playing alongside a few different pairings here and there as Bill kind of matches throughout the game and sees what he has on depth uh, for defense, um, and he's just been stellar. Well, and what what a luxury, too, for the Flames, too, to go into the playoffs and have 10 NHL-ready defensemen. You can put them in any role, and they're going to succeed. I don't know if there's another team in the playoffs that, that has that and can roll them out with such effectiveness. But it's interesting, too. We, lo- we look at Oscar's game, and when he was first acquired, I don't think the expectation really among the fan base was that he was going to be the every night top six sort of guy he certainly has that pedigree but obviously with the logjam it was going to make for some interesting questions but he's come in there and ever since he slotted in right from game one I think we've seen it both on the defensive side of the puck of course but offensively he's really showing some creativity and even today during practice as we were watching the 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 flames go through another workout here in advance of the playoffs uh he just has this knack of finding guys in front of the net that it's a dimension that not that the Flames' blue line was lacking, but there's just an added zip there in terms of what he's able to contribute offensively. What have you seen on that it side? It does really help that third pairing to have that kind of presence at the blue line where he's able to get pucks out in front of the net, um, find players who are like trying to log jam the net. But his shot is hard, too. It could slip through bodies. Like oh, He yeah. can put a shot in just from the blue line because he has that hard shot. Um, and he's very accurate with it, which is something that I think is kind of an underrated trait because you see guys miss the net a lot. You're trying to pin up shots on the fly while moving it's a lot harder than it looks on tv with fans i think they don't realize how hard it is to have an accurate shot while you're moving on the blue line and get it through to the net he can do that he has that skill um so bill peters is able to slot him in a little bit differently than maybe even he expected given what he's shown in the last handful of games here in the regular season if you've followed any of my work or Tori's work on CalgaryFlames.com, I think you'll notice that both of us are very interested in advanced stats. Uh, not experts by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, a pretty good understanding when it comes to, to shot rates and scoring chances, and we really like to involve that in our, our daily work. So one of the things that, that caught my eye recently was looking at Mark Giordano, and ever since that New Year's Eve game uh, against the San Jose Sharks here that the Flames put up eight, uh, he's been the NHL leader with 
over, I think it was over 50%, 57% Corsi, which is just tremendous, but who's right behind him and is maybe a limited sample size, but Oscar Fantenberg's right behind him at 57.06. So hot on the heels of the captain, who's obviously had a Norris-worthy season. Uh, I guess it just speaks to, to the reliability that he's brought to the organization. And, Tori, your thoughts on... I, I don't know if that caught anybody off guard so much, but head coach Bill Peters just seems so comfortable in putting this player in just about every situation imaginable right now. And uh, you, a lot of people didn't know what his game was like because he was playing in L.A., and we don't see them as often as other teams here at the Saddle Dome And a this tough year, year for them, too, And it's right? been a tough year. The spotlight isn't on them. It's not on Oscar Fattenberg in L.A. So when he came here, a lot of people they knew he was a shutdown guy just by looking at his stats and kind of looking at his career history. Okay, he's going to play a, probably a third-pairing role, shutdown guy. I had no idea that his possession game was that strong. Yeah. Um, he makes such smart plays with the puck. He hangs on to it, and he is able to move it up the ice really efficiently, but he knows when he can hang on to it. That's the key there, I think. He knows... Uh, how much time he has with the puck, he knows where he needs to move it to, and he knows when he can hang on to it and when he needs to get rid of it. So that transition game has been really strong. And I think it's really benefited Rasmus Anderson. Um, It's given him kind of a steady presence beside him as he, you know, continues to figure out the NHL. He's had a tremendous year as a rookie for sure, but to have that kind of veteran presence, and while he may not be a veteran in the NHL, he's played a ton of pro years uh, over in Sweden and a little bit in the KHL. So to have Oscar on that that, uh, left-hand side has really benefited Rasmus's game, I think. Absolutely, and you're right. It is funny that we use the term veteran because I think... Uh, by the time the regular season wraps up, Oscar Fantenberg and Rasmus Anderson are going to be pretty darn close in terms of <laughs> NHL games played, but it is interesting. Uh, Fantenberg's a 27-year-old guy, but like you said, tons of experience. Uh, obviously born and raised in Sweden and played a lot in the SHL and, and got one KHL season in as well before coming over, so we're going to talk with Oscar about that a little bit later, but uh, you're right. This, this does add a different dimension in terms of you know his addition offensively, defensively, and and as you alluded to, a comfort in the locker room there too. It's it's a neat storyline for us to talk about how there's a lot of Swedes in there right now. But they, I the think tra- they call themselves the Swedish mafia. They do the Swedish. <laughs> Very creative, obviously, but <laughs> no, you're so right, and, and it's interesting because it creates this friendship and this camaraderie right off the bat. So we talk about a veteran guy versus a rookie. I don't think there's a hierarchy or a status issue among the two. He's just been a good addition and uh, seems to be a, a, a really, really good guy in the locker room. The guys seem to love him. Yeah, and you see, obviously, all the Swedes hang out together a lot, and you hear them beaking each other on yeah. the ice in <laughs> Swedish. I can just sense from the tone that they're beaking each other and chirping each other. Um, I, my Swedish is not great, so <laughs> I hear a word Likewise. here and there. Um, but he, and that was almost immediate, I noticed, from coming in from a team where you haven't played in the league long, right? It And you come in, you're traded to a whole new team, a whole new situation during a playoff push. That could be very difficult because you might feel a bit isolated. You're not sure what your role is. Um, He only knew Michael Backlund really from their time at the Worlds together. Uh, But it was immediate. He was able to just slide into the lineup um, and slide into that locker room and make friends and be able to develop those relationships really easily, which speaks to his personality and his uh, character. It's a good time to mention the Star Calgary is your official media partner of Firestarter and your essential source for local, national, and international news. Follow the story all day, every day on thestar.com. All right, Tori, let's get back to the conversation. And and I think, obviously, so much of the talk right now is about, well, we're 
talking about the depth on D, but going into the playoffs, a lot of excitement here in the city. Uh, we know the building's going to be jazzed up on night one, but uh, I guess what's going to be going on around the city? Is there anything that fans should be aware of in terms of uh, you know fan activations, places they can catch the game or mingle with fellow fans? Maybe you don't have a ticket to the game, but you want to be a part of the excitement. I know the Flames have uh, quite a bit on the go in terms of their tailgate party is uh, a lot bigger, I think, in, in the sense that if you don't need you don't need a ticket to get in. In years past, you've needed a ticket to the game to get into the tailgate party. This year, that's not the case. We're going to open it up and have people down at the Dome watching the game together, the home games together, um, and have that atmosphere and that community and that vibe around the building so that you're able to come and enjoy the game, even if you don't have a ticket to get into the game, because I know that they are likely sold out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if not, there's probably single seats maybe may be available last minute um but I, the vibe around the city is really cool right now because yes the flames have had a tremendous season but this it just feels different now like yeah, it's it just a different vibe yeah it was great all season and everyone was enjoying it and it was great to see the team doing so well it's just different in the playoffs the car flags are coming out now i think you've seen probably driving to work yeah. uh, a lot more car flags and i'm expecting to see a few more as the playoffs officially start on thursday um but it's just a neat atmosphere and there's a different vibe in the room too like it's they're confident in their play um, they've had a great regular season, but they know the work isn't done. And yeah, you can it's sense, a business-like approach. Yeah, right? you yeah. can sense that they have a bigger goal, and they're not done yet. They are going for that one singular goal, and whatever happened in the regular season, great. It was a great regular season, but there's unfinished business to attend to. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if Flames fans, uh, if you're interested in checking out uh, the community viewing parties, uh, down at the Saddle Home, go to calgaryflames.com slash bringtheread. All the details there, as Tori mentioned, free for all ages probably the yes. best part of everything there uh, it's going to open three hours prior to puck drop till the end of the game tons of activations live music harvey the hound is going to be out there it's going to be well, as everything that you've seen in the photos in terms of what makes calgary such a world-class hockey city it's going to be on display out there so uh from inside the rink to outside the atmosphere is going to be amazing and you know who else thinks the atmosphere is going to be amazing oscar fantenberg getting his first taste of nhl playoff hockey and he can't wait to get it underway here in calgary in front of the 19,000 plus at the saddle dome the Star Calgary, the official media partner of Firestarter and your essential source for local, national and international news. Follow the story all day, every day on thestar.com. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. All right, welcome back to the Firestarter podcast. We're pleased to be joined by our special guest here this afternoon, Oscar Fantenberg. And Oscar, I guess, first off, first off, thanks for your time, but uh, let's go back maybe to, to trade deadline day and what that whole experience was for you. I know you were on the road, I believe, at the time when you got the news, but how have things gone for you ever since that day? And maybe what are your first impressions of uh, Calgary, the city, and being a part of this Flames organization? Uh, first of all, like being traded is kind of overwhelming and kind of kind of crazy hours when you've got to know that you get traded but you figure everything out what's going to happen what's going to going on like stuff like that but made it pretty easy to fly straight to new york i was in tampa so it's kind of easy to go on the road with the team and meet them there and kind of try to learn trying to learn like all the players and all the staff and all their names is pretty much too but um yeah it's, it's fun uh when i got the news i got traded here it's kind of I was happy to go to the playoff team and uh, go into the good team and uh, make a run here in playoffs. And uh, uh, so far, so so good. So it's been fun. 
I know it's kind of an interesting storyline or a fun one for us that there's so many Swedes on the team, but I'm sure that's made the transition a little easier for you. Yeah, it made it really easy. You know, I know all the guys from before a little bit. I knew backs from the World Championship a couple of years ago, and then I played against Elias uh, back home in Sweden, and I played against Rassi and Oliver in the minors last year. And when you meet, play teams, you kind of if you have some Swedes people, you try to like talk to them a little bit, and so it's made it easy. And he just texted me right away too, so. Uh, it's been great so far. And I know you had your grandfather come in right after you guys got back from that road trip. Uh, how was that, and what was that experience like to have him here and, and taking a game? Uh, I mean, it's awesome for him to make it over here. Uh, he flew to New York last year when we were there and playing, and uh, when I got traded, he kind of called my dad right away, and like, I want to go to Canada, I want to see him play in the Can Canadian team, and that was pretty overwhelming to have him here too, but it's fun time too. Uh, he always go up in the morning and watch our games, and... Yeah, I call my dad all the time, and he's into hockey, so it's fun to have him here. Were you able to take him out to Banff or the mountains or anything like that while he was here? No, we didn't take him to Banff. I did take him out to some dinners and just drove around Calgary and showed him the city a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was a great time. You were playing the Islanders, right, when he came into town. Did you get a goal that night? I did last year, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, we played uh, Devils, and then we played New York uh, at the Garden, but yeah, I was crashed the first two games, and then I played the third game on the road, and... I was able to score, so it was pretty funny last year. You said, uh, I, I kind of looked back and saw an old interview you did with the TV guys at that time, and you kind of figured your grandfather had a tear in his eye. It was kind of an emotional night for him, but for you too, I'm sure, to be able to play yeah, in I front mean, of him. Yeah, I mean, he saw me growing up playing hockey, and uh, I got a pretty funny story. When I was like in Barcelona and watched the stadium soccer there, and it's like, told him, like, yeah, you, you're going to play one day. And I just looked at him and was like, no, I'm going to play in NHL. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of... Fun to have him here and see me over here playing NHL and making my dream. And um, it's good for me too to see him ha as happy as he is uh, for my my sake. So it's it's good for me too. Will you have any family coming in for playoffs? Is that already planned out, or are they going to wait and see how it goes? Uh, they was going to the first round, but it was we'll see how it goes. But maybe in the second round or further down the road. But uh, they were sure going to come down here. Help me out here a little bit with the pronunciation of your hometown. I'm not going to try because I've tried a few uh, Swedish towns in the past, but uh, kind of interesting too. I'm, I'm sort of fascinated with Swedish hockey, and uh, your hometown just seems to be kind of not a, sort of in the middle of nowhere in many ways. You're a ways from Stockholm, but from terms of a hockey culture, what was it like growing up there and developing your game in that city? Oh, it's perfect. It's a small town, uh, like I said, and it's really small, and it's called Jungby. There we go. <laughs> uh, but it's like 15,000 people living there, and you... It was perfect for me. I can bike over all the time. I can bike over wherever I wanted to go and just bike down there to the rink and practice and skating whenever I wanted to. It was so great. And I moved out of there when I was 17 to a little bit bigger city and bigger hockey, maybe. But uh, it was fun for me and it was good for me. I was got to play a lot and I played with uh, all the guys. So it was perfect for me and my situation back in the days. But um, they developed a couple of good hockey players. Uh, actually one that played here in Calgary in the 88 or 89 or something like that, yeah. Roger Johansson, so it's pretty funny. And uh, one of my buddies played in Anaheim right now too, so it's kind of funny that the small town like Jungby's grown as uh, good hockey players have done. Uh, we're going into the playoffs, and I know you spent a lot of time in the ESHL. Well, can you just describe what the playoff atmosphere is like in the SHL? Because from a distance, it looks like it is insane. Like people really get into it. How would you describe it? Uh, I was great, like, um, the crowd-wise, it's a little bit different to have, like, their own section where they have, like, the fans and, like, with drums and all that stuff, so it's kind of a little bit different from over here, but, I mean, obviously going to be crazy here, too, but I think it's funny in the playoffs, there's so many fans that's coming to the games and it's all get so involved, um, so it's uh, get a little bit nuts, but it's fun when the fans are into the games, too, so 
I mean, playoffs is always playoffs, it's do or die. So it's a pretty, pretty exciting moment and pretty exciting times. That atmosphere, I mean, from afar we see it so much, but I think it's probably you know, helped in the fact that it's the Swedish Hockey League, so all the towns are so close, and you kind of build those rivalries really closely. But, um, again, I'm going to put on my fan hat here. I was, I got to admit, I was a bit of a Farjestad supporter growing up, so, I mean, uh, for Linda, I'm sure yeah. there was a bit of a rivalry there. But uh, for you, what was it like with, uh, you know, developing in that organization? And, and I believe you won Champions League as well and got that chance, right? Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I was only there for two years, but uh, that's pretty much uh, when I had my breakout years in Sweden and uh, kind of grown my game and I played a lot and... Uh, I mean, it's it's a great organization, and they take care of all the players, and it's a good environment to be around. To even if you're a little bit older, you they gotta like know what to have to do for you, and like younger guys, it's perfect for them too to go there. But uh, I would say it's it's a good organization. It's a good um, it's a good fit for me, and obviously I'm here today. So um, for me, that was a perfect time to go there, and uh, it's it's a good good league to play. And if you wanna. Maybe standing, stamp, stamping on the same ground here over here. I think it's a good for our North American players too to go over to Sweden and play. Uh, obviously, Derek Ryan was over in Sweden and came back in NHL, so it's a it's a good league. There's so many good players have come out of there too, and I look at a guy like Sandy Lindstrom, who even made waves here. For those who don't know, was uh, you know former draft pick of the Avalanche, but spent his whole career in Sweden. What did he, as a defenseman too? What did he mean for you in terms of somebody that you were looking up to as a younger guy? I mean, I played against him, and he's a, it's a guy you didn't want to play against. He's a tough guy. Like, maybe not like fighting wise, like it's over here, but he's blocking shots, from big hits, taking hits. Um, he's a good defenseman. But uh, I played like with some older guys who's helped me a lot along the ways. Um, when I played in H seventy one, I played with David Petrasek, uh, who's like have the most points in the league uh, one year, and. Uh, played with guys, Jason Krog was over here. Uh, he's a f obviously a forward, but he helped me along the way too. Kind of explain what's going to happen and what I have to learn and be able to do if I all like if I want to make an NHL and kind of teach me how to be a pro. Uh, you come in the ring as a young guy and you see like the older guys, it's already there and they're in the gym, they're working out and take doing whatever it takes to be as good as they are. So uh, I think that's the main key when I was back in Sweden. And do you almost feel like you're so well prepared for the NHL now that you're here? And I say that because you're not an old guy, but you have a ton of experience in playing in those pro leagues and even got a taste of the KHL as well. So maybe, I guess, what went into that decision and, and, and when you were there to, that was only a couple of years ago, to now, how much your game has evolved to get to this point? I mean, when I make the... When I made a KHL, it was kind of a big, uh, big step from Sweden, but I think that was a good step for me before coming over here. You kind of, obviously, it's a little bit more business over here, and uh, even in KHL, you never know if you're going to be in the team the next day because it's kind of crazy, and I think that was a good step for me to be outside my comfort zone. And, and when you're back home in your own country, you kind of know exactly what's going on and stuff, but in KHL, you never know what's going to happen, and you kind of have to rely on it by yourself. And... I think that was a good step for me before coming over here, and um, yeah, like I said, uh, I've taken a small step for every time. I haven't like make a huge jump, and I think that's uh, been a perfect fit for me so far. And you speak a lot of Russian, I assume now. Uh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can pick up some words, but uh, yeah, kind of 
you kind of lose it uh, as long as far away you go. But um, I can say some words. But they speak. I, I assume coaches. They're speaking English probably most of the time. Is that how that worked for? I heard for like back towards where like nobody talk English. But I think I was uh, pretty lucky. Like all the coaches talking English and so many teams uh, talking English too. So it's kind of it's kind of lucky there. And uh, just to wrap up here, we're gonna hit you with some rapid fire questions. So okay. either or is so. First of all, morning or night person? Morning person. Uh, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Uh, probably brush my teeth. Yeah. What, uh, what is one thing on your bucket list? Ooh, well, win a Stanley Cup. Who is your favorite singer or band? Oh, that's a tough one. I would say uh, Avicii. That is the common sweet yeah. answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is the best dressed on the team? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm not going to say any Swedes. Um, <laughs> I would say um, um, Hannah got pretty good style. What is your favorite TV show? Ooh. I would say Suits. What is the best advice that you've ever gotten? Hmm best advice be yourself and that's the easiest one I would say what is your typical breakfast and pregame meal my typical breakfast is the scrambled eggs with some um, fruit and then my pregame meal is with pasta and chicken and finally what is your biggest pet peeve like what kind of pet I want or uh, what's the the most annoying thing about someone so like um what did Brad say? He said he lying. like ignorance. Ignorance and lying. <laughs> uh, so yeah. things what like that. You? What's a bad What's habit? A, what annoys you? Mm, I would say people are late. Being that's late? A, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I hate people. <laughs> I have to hate to wait. So uh, I'm always in time. <laughs> Almost all the time. But that's the most annoying thing. That's Perfect. a good quality. Uh, I get, That was only nine, though. I've got to add one okay. more rapid okay. fire on top of that, although it's not really rapid fire. But I'm just curious. You were close with obviously just coming back from LA and getting to see uh, some old friends there, but gotta ask you based on how that uh, game went a few days earlier. How close were you, with Tyler, to Foley? Oh, we were pretty, <laughs> we were pretty tight actually. Uh, we drove down to games together, so it's kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's happening. Uh, it was a heat of the moment type yeah, thing, right? Like we had no beef after or before, so it's just when we came to the box and for a second we just laughed, and <laughs> after the game we just laughed. And he texted me and said like, like. We must be the toughest guy on the ice. Like, he just laughed. So it's kind of, I mean, like, I get it if people think we, like, hate each other, but uh, it was just a heat of moment. And, I mean, that's hockey. It's, you never know what's going to happen out there. And uh, obviously nobody nobody got hurt, so that's the main po- main thing. And I think um, afterwards he just laughed about it. Yeah, that's so. awesome. It does, you're right, it just shows how intense the game can get sometimes. But it was, I mean, it was great you never to know see. what's going to happen out there and everything can happen, so... You have to be careful or, like, head on a swivel. So uh, it's a funny moment, like, afterwards. But uh, <laughs> no hard feelings. Did you even know it was him? Because I know you guys were, like, kind of both, you had your head down. You were both kind of slashing each other. You probably didn't even know it was him at that moment, right? Or like, did I it saw matter? it was him, but he slashed my stick. So I, like, pushed him. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we just... <laughs> but uh, it's a funny moment awesome uh, Oscar thank you so much for your time really pro- uh, appreciate you joining us here on the Firestarter podcast and uh, can't wait to get the playoffs going should be fun yeah it's going to be fun thanks to Oscar Fantenberg for stopping by the Firestarter podcast presented by the Star of Calgary make sure you're tuning in throughout the playoffs as Ryan and I will have a variety of guests on to discuss what's happening in the postseason thanks for listening <laughs>